Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour. I'm your host, Amy Stansbury, and today we're talking about elections. Yes, it is that time of year again. Early voting starts on October 23rd, and election day is November 7th. So what exactly is going to be on your ballot? Well, for starters, it's important to note that there aren't any, like, big candidate elections on the ballot this November. So no elections for president, governor, or the mayor. At least not for Austin, anyway. Some smaller cities, like Jonestown and Lago Vista, are having mayoral elections this time around. But for most of you, you're not really going to see any candidate names on your ballot. But that doesn't mean this election isn't super important. Instead of candidates, you're going to see propositions on your ballot. And a lot of them. (laughs) There are 14 Texas constitutional propositions on the ballot this year, as well as two Travis County propositions, Props A and B. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode, Travis County Propositions A and B. But stay tuned, because upcoming episodes will feature all of those statewide propositions as well. Anyway, to tell us about Travis County Propositions A and B, we're going to listen in on an interview I recorded with Jennifer Bristol, who served on the Travis County Citizens Bond Advisory Committee. This was a group of 14 people appointed by the Travis County Commissioner's Court who spent many, many months this year putting together a list of recommendations for what should be included in these Props A and B. And just for a little context here, the last time Travis County had a bond election was back in 2017. Oh, and one more bit of info for you there. Uh, The Travis County Commissioner's Court, it's kind of like city council, but for the whole county, which includes the city of Austin, um, but also many other cities like Bee Cave and Pflugerville. Anyway, to explain it more for us, let's listen in on that interview I recorded with Jennifer Bristol. Okay, I'm here with Jennifer, and we are talking about uh, the upcoming election and Travis County uh, Props A and B. So um, these are both bond initiatives. Um, Do you want to explain really quick? We'll start very basic. What is a bond? So a bond, that's a great question. Um, A bond is um, the county or city or municipality's um, way to... Um, raise money. It's it's shared burden, uh, right, with within the community, um, so that they can do bigger projects. Um, so this could be roads and parks, um, uh, big health initiatives, the jails, um, you know, things like that that need a a, a lot of capital investment up front, um, and so they um, can raise their bonds um, and and have that capital. But it's very specific, um, so they have to ask the voters exactly for what they're um, that they're going for, and say we're only going to raise this um, this amount of money, and we're going to only spend it on roads or parks or whatever um, they have designated that for. So it's um, it's just a, a, an intentional way of raising um, big capital, right? And essentially, it's just like the municipality is taking out a loan, like you or I might if we were going to buy a house or something like that, and then exactly. as taxpayers, we're helping them to pay that loan back. That's exactly right. 
Okay, so for this uh, upcoming election, we have two bonds from Travis County, A and B. One is about roads. One is about parks primarily, right? So let's start with uh, Prop A, which is roads. Um, and uh, let's 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 give a high level picture of this a bit. Um, how did this? Um, why why this focus on the roads and infrastructure development? Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a great question. So, um, you know, most of the time citizens, they don't really think about who owns or maintains the roads, but, um, you know, with any given um, place within Texas, within any county, um, you have counties that have certain roads, cities that have certain roads, the state, and then obviously our federal um, government also maintains our interstates. So um, as those are all divided up, uh, the um, everybody has an individual responsibility um, to maintain or build um, those roads. Um, within Travis County, um, you know, right around the core of the city, those are mostly city roads. But as you get farther out from the city um, and into even the smaller municipalities, a lot of those are county roads. And so they have an obligation to maintain those or um, if there's, in, in some cases, um, an opportunity to better connect something or maybe be that bridge between a city road and a state highway, um, you know, and there's a county section that needs to, um, to um, you know, make that sort of transition there, um, that's the county's obligation. Right. And, and so, and also I know with Travis County especially, as the, the Austin has grown, a lot more people are moving further outside of the city limits or the core. And I know that's put a lot of stress as new developments have popped up, you know, like the eastern part of the county. And there just isn't really the roads or the infrastructure to bring people back and forth to the city where they might be working every day. I know there's been a lot of concerns about traffic and safety in those areas. Is that kind of what this is seeking to address in some ways? Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and that was, you know, when the citizens, um, when our advisory board got together, uh, um, I will first say that the county um, staff did an amazing job at presenting all of the different um, road projects. So it was roads, culverts, bridges, you know, the whole um, sidewalks uh, was very, very important within that. So everything within their package. And then we sort of narrowed that focus to say, okay, let's focus on our, our kind of bigger arterial roadways um, in those places that you just described that are really starting to become, um, you know, more densely populated. Um, whereas some of these roads, you know, they used to just be a, a small county road that maybe went to, you know, two or three ranch houses, um, right. you know, and now they have, um, you know, designated for apartment complexes that will have several thousand people in it. So, um, you know, it's really time to, to get ahead of that, hopefully try to get ahead of that. Some of it we're playing catch up on, um, you know, to, uh, to address, um, those, um, and, and there is, um, you know, we talk about the Eastern side of things, but, even in sort of, um, you know, the western, northwestern part of Travis County, um, especially Jonestown, you know, out um, towards that area, um, you know, there's several county roads out there that uh, that need some attention um, as well. Um, yeah, the county did a great job with, with taking us out to, you know, see these projects or the potential projects, um, 
really look at the community, look at the surrounding areas so that we weren't just looking at a spreadsheet um, or, you know, um, the cost of, of some of these things. We were really understanding, you know, here is how this will impact this community. It, here's how these roads will help move traffic, um, you know, through, um, you know, an area. We were very intentional of, um, is this um, helping out um, bus routes um, to schools? Um, or is this um, getting to another public space, such as a park um, that has a lot of activities, um, which is in the case of, of um, uh, out in Eastern Travis County, um, out there near the Eastern Metro Park. Um, you know, so those were all things that we were looking at. Um, and then of course we were also looking at, you know, what is the cost? Um, what are the traffic accidents? That's something, you know, that we also looked at is, does this road, is it really windy? And, and so maybe, um, maybe the road project helps straighten it out, you know, get some better shoulders, um, on the, on the road, you know, help us create, uh, methods <laughs> to, you know, um, limit those tracks traffic accidents as much as possible. So it was all in the mix. Um, you know, it, it's a great learning experience as a citizen um, to, you know, to be on one of these advisory boards and um, and stretch your brain a little bit um, about what you think you know um, about traffic and and roads and um, and really get down into the granular level on it. Right. So you're presented, you know, as serving on this uh, commission. I guess a, a long list of options that I assume uh, county staff has maybe been dreaming of or or has done some studies on and say, we would love to do all of these things. We probably don't have the, you know, we need to prioritize them in some way, um, which always seems to be the name of the game with these things. And so then you're starting to look at these projects and come up with a prioritization or what we feel like we should be funding. First, we can't take out bonds worth, you know, gazillions of dollars. We have to keep it limited. Yeah. Um, and kind of prioritizing, I guess, like you said, areas that really need it, where safety is a concern, where we might be able to connect to other infrastructure. That's the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, we we could have, you know, um, a, a billion dollars in bonds and maybe maybe just begin to right. you know, fully address all of our all of our traffic needs. Um, so, you know, um, we, we we also listened to the community. We went out into the community. We had public uh, meetings. Um, every meeting started with the public coming in if they wanted to talk about one of their roads or their park or, you know, whatever um, issue that they wanted to address. So we, um, you know, we did hear from the public. And of course, the commissioners, the county commissioners and the staff are receiving, you know, emails and comments and, you know, all the time. And so they're keeping a record of those to really figure out like what's what is the community saying about this? And then also what is the data telling us as far as, you know, what's the need um, for this road? Um, something that was really important to myself and, and I'd say all the other commissioner uh, um, commissioners um, was to look at um, uh, how, do, how do we also not just put a road down, but that it also have a sidewalk component um, that is there for pedestrians, um, you know, riding their bikes, walking, you know, having, again, that connectivity to another sidewalk project, um, 
you know, a trail of some kind. Um, and so, you know, that was something that we, um, we heard a lot from the community about that. Um, and, and then we also, that was something that was important for us. So all of the projects that were chosen have that component as well. Um, in that we really looked at, um, safe routes to schools. Um, and so that was a big one that we really said, yeah, you know what, we, we really value this and we want to set aside even, you know, some, um, some money just, um, for that to make sure that we're ensuring that people have, um, all the opportunities to get their kids to schools in a safe way. And especially if they are walking from a neighbor, you know, a neighborhood down to their neighborhood school um, with their kids, you know, we want them to get there um, without having, you know, try to minimize crossing the streets and, you know, doing all those things so that they have safe sidewalks that um, can take them right there. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I noticed when looking through these roadway projects, I see like one, two, three, four, uh, you know, there's quite a few of them and all of them say, um, you know, construction or improvement of this road and a shared use path or mm-hmm. and sidewalks and bike lanes. Um, so that does seem to be really deeply embedded, like you said, in every single one of these uh, projects. If it is a road construction, it also is coming with sidewalks, bike lanes, shared use path, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and that was, you know, we, we, um, um, we had some um, very pleasant um, discussion on on that, and and um, thankfully in the end, that's what everybody really wanted to see um, was that combination on there. Right, and these road projects, a lot of them are what like it, there already was an existing road, but maybe it was really small, or maybe it was really severely degraded and needed to be widened, expand a lane, something like that, or improved. Is that kind of what the bulk of these projects are looking like? Yeah, yeah. So again, um, um, trying to um, make sure that the traffic is flowing as easy as possible through an area. So it might be, um, you know, adding a turn lane um, within that or um, uh, uh, straightening a road out, um, as I mentioned um, on one of those. Um, uh, Then there's there's a couple of projects that widen the road. So maybe it's a two lane road now, but it really should be a four lane road um, with with a turn lane. Um, you know, so we we looked at um, those. And and even when we were looking at um, those, we, we really had a, a vigorous discussion on, does making a, a, a road bigger make it better? And, um, and sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes it's no. Um, And sometimes it's okay to have a two lane road with, uh, with efficient turn lanes. And so, um, you know, that was, um, there was quite a bit of discussion around that um, as well. So, you know, we, um, we, we took the advice, obviously, of um, our wonderful staff at the county. Um, But, you know, we were also really asking some of those tougher questions too, of, you know, what are we getting for all every single dollar that we're spending? Right. So some of them, you know, for example, say, um, you know, let's see, I'm trying to look through the list, you know, South Pleasant Valley Road, it says construction improvements of a four lane divided roadway, but other ones, Pyramid Drive and O'Reilly Drive say just improvements to existing substandard uh, roadway. So that might be kind of the mix there If some of them were more extended and other ones are getting more like an improvement and safety improvement or a traffic improvement. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those, um, 
Pyramid and O'Reilly, um, th those are those roads are just severely degraded. You know, I mean, they're really pothole central, and um, you know the the edges of the road are crumbling off. Um, and so, you know, addressing those um, is you know is something that um, uh, was we just have to bring those up to to regular standard at this point. Uh, they're they're substandard. <laughs> Yeah, and there were and there were also some active transportation projects exclusively in this list. So it says Howard Lane McNeil Road construction of a shared use path from McNeil Drive to McNeil Merrilltown Road, um, which would help uh, facilitate access to Cap Metro Rail Station and Redline Parkway. Um, so I guess that's like really helping and looking at this larger transportation network. Yeah, that's right. And you know um, what's interesting about those two is. Um, we, because the county roads, you know, and, and active transportation corridors, we didn't have a lot of opportunity in those farther out areas, but in a few specific places like Howard Lane and, and um, McNeil there, uh, we were able to kind of, you know, help connect between a couple of city projects um, that sort of surround it. You know, so that's exciting, um, you know, to be able to, um connect to the red line, you know, again, offering different types of transportation opportunities for people. Right. Um, I want to shift gears now and talk about Prop B, uh, which is the parks one. <clears throat> and so, uh, again, this is um, would be some significant investments in parks. I want to just kind of run down the bulleted list of what's included in it and have you maybe explain for us kind of what that means, what these projects could look like. Um, so the first thing at the top of the list is parkland acquisition. So literally just buying land. Um, it says acquisition of land for parks and water conservation along existing greenway corridors. And then it lists a whole bunch of locations like Post Oak, Savannah and Springs, Lake Travis, Cow Creek, Gilliland Creek, Onion Creek, Wilberger Creek, Pennerhouse River, Colorado River areas. And I looked at that list and I was like, well, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> like, so explain for us what we're talking about. What what could this parkland acquisition be funding? Because that seems like a really big, long list. And this bond includes some money, but not enough to like buy up parks in all these areas, I presume. So explain that a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Well, first, you might see a theme in, in the listing there. It's um, along our waterways, um, you know, and so um, when... We I, and we, I agree with you. We can't afford to buy as much land, um, you know, as we we need for our growing population. But we certainly uh, are going to add to it as much as we can um, in this bond election. So um, making that investment around our watersheds um, and our creekways is really important for for multiple things. A you know, that helps um, meet and manage um, any kind of um, flooding events that happen. Um, you know, uh, we see we see this more and more. Um, and and we haven't really done a great job with securing the um, lands around our creek um, areas and some of our um, even the rivers. So that'll help, um, you know, add to that. Um, and then using those creekways as our green infrastructure. And so, you know, um, they'll have the parklands, um, especially that around, I think it's Gillian Creek and Wilbarger, um, those will have long linear parks um, that'll have trails, trail systems that, you know, move along um, 
quite a big distance um, and be able to connect some of the neighborhoods um, together. And so that was really intriguing and exciting to me for multiple different reasons. Um, the lands right around the creek areas have typically um, the greatest biodiversity. And so that's super important that we're preserving, you know, these, these bigger chunks of biodiversity that we really help keep um, a balanced ecosystem, not just for the wildlife, but for us, we are, we're wildlife too. We're, you right. know, we're not quite wild, but um, you know, we are animals and, um, and we need that. And so, um, but then it also creates, um, like I said, the protection of, of the, the water, um, you know, resources that are there, which is, it doesn't matter where you are, but it's more important in, um, in Western and Northern Travis County along the Trinity aquifer. So that's Cow Creek and up in that direction. Um, the ones in the Eastern quadrant, um, most of those flow into the Colorado river, which eventually, or they flow into what's called the Carrizo aquifer. Carrizo aquifer, um, is our water source for our, our, um, the counties to the East. So all water ends up being, you know, within our drinking water, um, ability at some point, um, unless it gets all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico and then it's out of that range. But, um, so, you know, protecting those water sources um, is, uh, you know, I was really excited about this plan um, to go this direction instead of just having, you know, a big rectangular park um, somewhere that has, you know, lots of ball fields and, um, you know, big lights and things like that. Those are all important too, but this one really focuses more on, you um, on moving people. Um, so having those trail systems um, through there. And that's a reflection of what people are wanting. Um, you know, I mean, COVID, COVID did something really interesting um, in that it's shown kind of this white hot spotlight on the need and the desire for people to get outdoors um, and, and be outdoors in different types of ways that they, than what they were doing before. And so um, more people than ever are, you know, um, taking longer walks in nature. Um, yeah, they're biking um, more people than ever than camping. That's for sure. Um, but there won't be an additional um, campgrounds in this package, but um you know, so addressing those needs, um, I, I'm really proud of the county for being able to sort of um, uh, see that quickly and be able to respond to it quickly. The spawn package comes at a really great time um, to be able to meet that response. It's also meeting the response of, of our, 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 our massively growing county. Um, and to be able to buy up larger chunks of land, um, you know, the city, um, can make an investment in pocket parks and things like that. And, and the county obviously could too, but the county made the decision many, many years ago um, that they were going to add parks that were um, substantial in size. Um, and so I've, I'm, I'm proud of them for keeping um, to that dream and that goal. Um, and this package, I think, um, does that as well. Um, it's $200 million for land acquisition um, with a balance between um, $100 million in the East, $100 million in the West. Um, and, you know, that sounds like a lot of money up front, but really in the grand scheme of thing, because of the way that um, land prices are going, yeah. right now, it's, 
you know, I mean, um, it, it, it's not a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's a, it's a significant drop in the bucket. Um, and, it, and it will be something that we look back on and go, wow, I'm so glad we did that then. Um, because, you know, things are only going to get more expensive. They're only going to raise um, in prices. So, um, you know, I think we're th- taking action at the right time. Um, I will also say that I um, the, the county does an exceptional job of maintaining and caring for the parks that we already have, which make it um, easier for people to say, yes, let's add more parks because we know that the county is, that's a good investment for us. We know that the county is going to take care of these parks and do a great job as they plan them and design them and then also care for them um, moving forward. And so within the package, there's um, another $60 million for maintenance and upkeep um, of our existing parks. Um, You know, the facilities, you know, making sure that we keep um, keep that excellence of care um, in there. So, you know, I think that there's a good balance in this whole park um, package, um, and I'm I'm super excited about it. I mean, I, I, you know, when they took us out to see some of the lands that they're thinking about, it's like, wow, yes, let's do this, let's do this now. You know, um, it's it's really it's really exciting, and especially to know, you know, you're standing there and you're looking out and you know, it looks like a bunch of farm and ranch land at the time, but you know that, okay, that ranch over there has sold and that's going to be a thousand, you know, um, it's coming, it's all coming. Um, and, um, and like I said, I, I don't think we can buy it fast enough at this point. So, um, I will also say that there was a little bit of concern, um, because of what you described up front, it's like, wow, there's all these sections. It's sort of like a circle on the map. We know we're going to buy here. And, and that has um, a little bit to do with where are the willing sellers right now? You know, not, you know, if land's not for sale, it's not for sale. Um, and so, you know, you have to sort of identify where those, um, those corridors are going to be and what, and and how you want to connect all those lands and then wait for the willing seller, you know, um, um, to say, you know, okay, I think it's time for me to sell. And, you know, we're, we want, yes, we want this to be a park. Um, right. So. And now we'll have the money available to mm-hmm. buy it. You know, I want to, I want to dive a little deeper into this acquisition component. I know a lot of times it's kept like a little vague because for the reasons you mentioned, like exactly like what parcel might be purchased because we don't know if it's for sale yet or hoping it will be, or I know there's like you know, you don't want to show your hand too much if you're trying to buy real estate or whatever. I know there's a whole game behind it. But um, when we're talking about all those different locations we mentioned, are we thinking this bond funds something at all of them? Or is this just a list that the, that the county might pick from? Will it mean literally a new park is opening there? Or is it more like allowing us to create a trail connection explain a little bit more like what we might see as an end user from some of these acquisitions. Yeah. So it's it's a little of everything you just said. (laughs) It's um, and so I'll start with kind of the last one. Um, There are um, several um, master plans, if you will, um, for these sort of long linear parks um, that connect a bunch of trailways together, um, especially in the Eastern um, part of Travis County. Um, and so that will, um, you know, continue, be a continuation of those. Um, and, and again, the county, I think, has done a great job with identifying, you know, 
And they're always talking to the different landowners along those areas, um, you know, and letting them know, hey, you know, if you're ever interested, you know, here's, um, you know, we, we'd be interested. But just like you said, with real estate deals, you don't ever want to just be like, you know, um, show your hand too much uh, is a good, a good way to say it. Um, there will be, um, you know, so uh, the other thing about a county bond is, you know, you don't go out and spend it all in one year. It's a five-year um, plan um, unless you have something already sort of in the works. And then that might take a little bit more time, um, you know, to, to meet those obligations. So within five years, um, there should be, you know, a um, acquisitions happening um, within each of those areas um, that are listed there. Um, and so, and then I think the priorities were, um, if I remember correctly, along Cow Creek, uh, which is in the western part of Travis County, and then Gillian Creek in the eastern part of Travis County. So those were kind of the, a couple of the sort of um, high level ones, and then everything else sort of falls around that. Yeah. And so let's let's talk more about those specifics. I want to be able to paint a picture for people as much as possible. So one of them, you know, one of the big projects listed in this bond is the Gillian Creek Greenway which you talked about, which is this idea of, and I remember I was so excited about this um, when the idea was, you know, years ago hearing about it. And I thought that it was maybe the potential was for it to be like a full 19 mile, maybe greenway of trails or bike path or something like that along the creek. I think at least it says that it'll construct the greenway from Northeast Metro Park to Ben Fisher Park. Correct. On this list, at least. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so Ben Fisher Park ends in Manor. Um, and so and then eventually it would go all the way, you know, even farther um, past that. So so, you know, that'll connect um, those two corridors or that little, you know, piece of the corridor. Um, I will tell you something that I. um liked about this plan more than, um, our normal, you know, what I would call a, a um, singular or double access point, um, entry point to a park is, um, there's multiple entry points along the way. And so, you know, uh, you don't have to, so that cuts down on the amount of driving that different communities have to do to go to their park they can walk through the neighborhood and they can enter, um, you know, this greenway, um, you know, and, and, um, they can ride their bike. They can, you know, push their shoulders. If they have kids, they can jog, they can hike with their dogs, whatever they want to do, you know, they can go birding. I love birding. So I have to get that in there. Um, you know, so there's multiple touch points along the way. Um, it also creates, um, accessibility, um, you know, for people that have limited mobility, um, in, in a lot of these, uh, areas, which is something that we don't have, um, a ton of at some of our parks. And so, um, creating more opportunities, um, for that. Um, and so that was something that, you know, we were looking at this and I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. I, I like this. I really like this plan as opposed to, you know, you drive up to a park, there's a big part of the park that's dedicated to parking, you know, um, and then, then you have your different activities and different quadrants of the park. So kind of moving a little bit away from that and moving into more of these, how do we, how do we bring all this together to connect the different neighborhoods that we know are coming or are already there, um, you know, as it goes along 
Um, and again, then it also, you know, creates that uh, preservation of those riparian areas. Right. Do we know, and you might not know this, uh, but off the top of your head, but is any part of the Gilliland Creek Greenway project open right now? No, right? It's We've just kind of acquired the land, but there's no trail yet. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's my understanding that there's there's like a couple of little pockets that they're waiting on to get um, those final acquisitions. And um, and if I remember correctly, like a couple of them are already in the works and then this bond package would also help finalize those couple little pockets. So then all that can begin um, to take it out, you know, um, so that, so that there would be, they can start work on, um, on the pieces that they're already working or that they should be opening sooner um, than, uh, than this last sort of connection part. Gotcha. So this bond is helping to finish with those connections, just acquiring the land and also is actually constructing the first part of the trail that one will that'll connect uh, Northeast Metro Park and um, I guess Ben Fisher. Correct. Okay, cool. And then another kind of greenway uh, also included in this is Onion Creek Greenway. You know, it says construction of greenway and trails from SH183 Trailhead to McKinney Falls State Park. And then east to Richard Moya. Can you talk about that a little bit? Describe what that means for people or what that project's about? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, Onion Creek has always been um, a travel spot uh, in Austin. It, it, it really floods. Um, it Most of the time it looks like it, you know, kind of does right now where there's just a little bit of a trickle and it seems like this, you know, wonderfully benign little creek and it's very beautiful. Um, but if we get any kind of significant rain, I mean, it rages. And so yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah. 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 So creating as much parkland around Onion Creek is, um, you know, it's the right thing to do. I mean, it's a safe thing to do. Um, and so thankfully the county, you know, is able to the city owns a lot of it. The county now is able to make um, that investment as well, again, to bring that connectivity between the state park, a city park, you know, really, um, um, you know, having all all of the players sort of in the mix there. Um, Richard Moya is, you know, it's a wonderful park. It It suffered some damage during the flooding. And so, you know, once they get the trail, um, aligning it more so that it's out of that area that's going to flood so much, making sure it's, um, you know, sufficiently out of um, that floodplain up there, you know, so that's kind of, that'll be that project. Um, personally, I'm very, as a former um, employee of Texas Parks and Wildlife, um, I'm always excited to see a city or a county connecting to the state parks and, you know, also helping, um, you know, utilize those um, in in this kind of way um, and bringing, you know, people um, out there. Parking is, can be a pain at McKinney like that. It can be really rough. So maybe this provides an opportunity for people to not have to drive their car to the park potentially. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, you know, uh, McKinney Falls State Park has always been, uh, one of those parks that, um, it, love to death, love yeah. to death. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be a new trail system. This is something that doesn't really exist right now. These connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's already some trails within Richard Moya. There's, um, obviously, um, McKinney Ball State Park has all its trail systems. Um, but then, um, this would also bring in a longer trail system that helps connect all of those together. 
Okay, great. Yeah, they each have their own little section. This would be connecting them all Mm -hmm. to -hmm. each other. Yeah. Okay, great. And then, you know, some of the other things on this list, um, Arkansas Bend Park um, is supposed to get a community group building and some site improvements. Uh, The Bee Creek Sports Complex is supposed to get a synthetic sports field pavilion and walking trails. Looks like some improvements out Southeast Metro Park. But I will say um, when uh, we were talking about adding these um, the sports fields and and moving them from grass to um, a turf situation or a, a synthetic situation. I, you know, as somebody who loves native plants and mm-hmm. Texas and um, and all things growing um, and living, I was really hesitant. Um, but then once I really did my homework and and could look and see, okay, here's how we're we're taking the same footprint, but we're reducing the amount of water that we use, no longer putting chemicals on it, um, allowing kids a longer time to be able to play on these fields because, you know, towards the end of the season, when it just becomes basically a mud pit, you can't play on it anymore. You know, so it really, it had enough advantages to me um, to really go for it. The other thing, um, both of those parks are close to, um, you know, a, a waterway. And so reducing the amount of chemicals, you know, that you might put, um, mm. into, um, you know, fertilizing, um, you know, some of these ball fields and stuff that really spoke to me. I thought, okay, well, there's, there's, that's my cell. That's what I like. Um, I would rather put down a synthetic field and not have to have, um, you know, all these other, you know, all the watering, all the, um, fertilizing and things that go along with it or mowing, you know? Um, and so that helps, uh, with the County budget as well. So, um, I thought, okay, well I can get behind this then. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, just to add a little context here, do we, do we know, or do you know the last time in Travis County, we made this kind of investment in our parks, in our park system, our parks acquisition? Sure. So in the last, um, let's see, I think it was the 2017 bond package. Yeah. Um, there was, um, there was money for some acquisition. There was money for some conservation easements, um, to help buffer around some of our existing County parks. Um, so that neighborhoods couldn't come just right up to the edge of, for example, um, Rymer's Ranch, um, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a wonderful, it's a gem of a park. It's beautiful. And you, you want to enjoy, you know, the beautiful Vista and not be looking across the river and having just, you know, a wall of houses or apartment complexes or, you know, or shopping mall or something over there. And so, you know, that those, um, some of that bond money went to sort of buffering, um, some of those, um, those parks, um, in that there was also the, the one on Bee Creek, uh, or the Bee Caves, um, sports fields, um, that you mentioned when we went and looked at that project, I thought, wow, this is how we should be doing sports, you know, um, parks, Mm um, it, it is really, they hit a home run map. I mean, not to use too many sports <laughs> analogies in one sentence, but it, uh, it really, they did a great job with managing. Um, it still feels very natural. Um, you know, so they blended um, all of the natural elements in there, 
while also having, you know, the soccer fields and the baseball and softball fields. Um, you know, they have um, walking trails that go all around it. Um, but they also use things like um, dark sky lighting, um, hmm. you know, that um, um, that goes off at, at certain times so that it's not interfering with the neighborhoods that are nearby. Um, you know, they just, um, I, I feel like they, they really upped their game um, in building that one in particular. And I hope um, that that will set the standard for how they do the parks, um, you know, um, in the future or, and, or um, also as they um, are doing some of the renovations and things that they need um, at the older parks. Gotcha. So this is a pretty big investment uh, in new acquisition that we haven't done in a while. And and will it mean, sorry to keep being specific about this, but I'm just trying to nail it down. Like, will it mean new parks? It will. Yeah. 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 We just don't, we don't know quite what they are yet, but it will mean new parks in some of these circled areas. Um, yes. But new part, we can, as, as users, we can maybe, we can expect new parkland to come online from this event, you know. Correct. Uh, correct. Yeah. So great example. Um, I'll just use the example of, um, of Cal Creek, yeah. uh, which is um, uh, off 1431 as it comes. It's one of the feeders that feeds into Lake Travis. So it's, um, it's one of our um, creekways that really feeds our water source. It goes across the Trinity Aquifer again, super important. Um, and so that would be a new park, completely oh, cool. new park up there. Um, uh, that one it's near, you know, so it'd be near the, um, uh, Balcones Canyonlands wildlife, uh, national wildlife refuge that's up there too, that has a portion of that. Uh, if you drive out that road, if you drive out 1431 as you're heading towards um, Cal Creek, um, you can just see, I mean, development is, it's coming at an alarming rate. And and when I say alarming, the last development I looked at out there, um, they, they had removed every single tree, mm. every single one, because it's in the county. And it's right. not- They don't the have the same rules the city they does. They don't have the same rules. They can just, they took them all off and- um, you know, uh, I, I, I was blown away. I, I just was, my mouth was open. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but that's the type of development that is going to keep on coming. And so that area really needs, um, you know, a county park um, up there and, and, and anything to also help protect our, our drinking water source, which is part of Cal Creek. Yeah. I, I wonder too, if you, um, I don't know if you have an example or not, but um, in thinking Colorado river areas, does that mean kind of the east side of the county here? I I am a I'm a big kayaker, um, and selfishly I'm like very interested in the idea of any more access points opening along the river because you can paddle it. The, you know the river is free to paddle, open to the public. But the problem you run into is sometimes you have nowhere to take your your boat out, <laughs> you know your kayak or canoe out of the water because it's all privately owned. Uh, do we know anything about what that Colorado River area might look like? Yeah, so um, um, paddling came up a lot, um, you know, when we were talking about the Colorado River. I don't know exactly where that will end up as far as like, you know, what block of land and stuff. But but we talked about that. Again, this is another, you know, I don't want to call it a transportation type thing, but this is a recreation type thing that we, um, it's very popular and um, and we need to make the investment in. You know, right now we have um, Little Weberville Park, 
big Weberville Park. Um, those are Travis County parks. Um, and then as you come closer to Longhorn Dam, you know, you get your, your city parks. So having something sort of in between there, um, cause that's sort of a long stretch, uh, between right. those, uh, those sections, um, would be great. Um, and of course, Big Weberville Park is right on the boundary with Bastrop. You can't, you know, just as far as we can go for a county. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that that came up um, quite a bit as one of the recre- recreation opportunities that we wanted to support. And then just before we close, kind of big picture, um, you know, you're you're someone who I know is a, you know, an outdoors nature lover. What makes you excited about this, this bond uh, package? Why do you feel like it's something our community needs? Yeah. Um, when, uh, you know, so I'll kind of, um, I've lived here, uh, my whole life. Um, and so I've really watched, you know, Travis County, um, city of Boston, you know, change so rapidly, um, and, and, and powerfully, um, that we are behind, we're way behind in how many, acres we should have per person, you know, to be able to adequately service them with having outdoor opportunities. Um, And that's the human side of things. Um, You know, then there's the wildlife side of things, um, which, you know, I hope that we continue to create, you know, or not create, but maintain habitat um, for our wild creatures, um, especially birds. Um, I'm a big birder and, um, um, you know, so having, places, um, for them. Um, especially we're right in the middle of the fall migration right now. So, you know, that's very important to me. Um, and then there's the water conservation side of things. Um, you know, as we come out of this incredibly hot and dry summer, you know, it's like, we couldn't swim anywhere. It's like swim or just, you know, it's like, we're just daily watching our lake levels drop. You know, we, we just, we have to, we just have to do better. And, um, and so creating parks around, you know, um, our, our water sources is, is fantastic. And I, I fully support it. I just, you know, I get excited about parks in general. Like I, I love seeing people be outdoors. I love, um, you know, that, that the County is willing, um, to have such a great park system. Not every County, um, has that. And, um, we are lucky that we, have that shared space that the city makes an investment in their parks, the county is making investments in in, um, in their parks. Then we also have the state, you know, playing uh, a role within um, our community as well. So it's a great mix. Um, you know, it's it's coming at a time where I feel like, and I'll kind of go back to my COVID, you know, time. During COVID, it, it was, you know, even parks that I would go to that. I could always, you know, go there at like 10 a.m. There'd never be anybody there. It would be packed. You know, people were outdoors and they remember, oh yeah, it I I like being out here. I need to be out here. I need to get my kids outdoors more. I need to do these things more. And they're not stopping. Um, you know, state parks just had um more visitations um than you know any other year. Um uh, you know, it would just we just continue you know, to, um, as, as our populations grow, you know, we only have 5% public lands within Texas. Um, and so having, um, since we don't have a bunch of national parks, um, throughout our landscape, um, you know, having these, these nice 
large county parks is really, it's exciting. I mean, I, I love it. And I, I love it that we live in a community that values that. And that was Jennifer Bristol with the Travis County Citizens Bond Advisory Committee. And one last important thing to note about Props A and B. They are bonds, which are basically loans taken out by the government to pay for big projects. And like loans, they have to be paid back, which is done by us, the taxpayers, via property tax increases. So if both Prop A and B pass, the owner of a median-valued home in the county, which is worth about $379,000, will pay $46 more a year in property taxes. And so that's basically what this election is about. Are these projects Jennifer just laid out for us worth about $46 more a year in property taxes? You'll have the chance to make your voice be heard on this very soon. Again, early voting lasts from October 23rd through November 3rd, and election day is on November 7th. Visit VoteTravis.com for more information about polling locations. And that's pretty much our show for today. The Austin Common Radio Hour is brought to you in partnership by the Austin Common and Co-op Radio. The Austin Common is a local news source that helps Austinites be informed and make a difference in their community. You can learn more about the Austin Common by visiting theaustincommon.com or following us on Instagram at the underscore Austin underscore common. Co-op is a cooperatively run community radio station based here in Austin, Texas. To listen to more of Co-op's amazing lineup of shows, visit koop.org or tune in to 91.7 FM. The show is hosted by me, Amy Stansberry, and produced by John Hoffner. You can find podcasts of the Austin Common Radio Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And one quick friendly request on this, if you like our show and you find it useful, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your favorite podcast app. It really does help us to be seen and heard by more folks in Austin. So thank you in advance if you're able to do that for us. Thanks for listening. Ooh,